It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. Welcome to the Americhicks with Kim Munson. We need to be talking about these issues out, uh, out there, get our brains around what's happening and engage in conversations with our friends, our family, and our colleagues because there is, uh, I, I believe that we are at a, a very critical time in the history of our country and particularly here in Colorado uh, with what's going on down at the State House. So, welcome. It is great to have you here. We're going to go through some headlines in this first and second segment. And then in the uh, third and fourth segment, we're going to be talking about a, a couple of pieces of legislation that have been proposed down at the State House that you may not be aware of, but there is danger, danger. In fact, they are just under the radar, but they may be two of the worst that are uh, out there. One is Senate Bill 19235, and this is um, concerning the transfer of electronic records for voter registration. And I, uh, I read that last night, and I just see danger, danger in that. And then the other one is Senate Bill 19232, and this is regarding the enforcement of, uh, of rules by the uh, Secretary of State uh, regarding campaign finance. And it looks to me uh, like this is a, a situation where uh, what we saw on the national level, where we saw different agencies that were weaponized against political opponents, this looks to me like something that could happen right here in Colorado. Uh, so to join me on the analysis of this in the third and fourth segment is Jan Cook. She is a conservative grassroots activist uh, with Get Her Done Right Colorado on Facebook. And so we'll be chatting with her in uh, those segments on that. Um, before we jump into all of this, our inspiration for the day Helen Keller, as you all know, uh, she became blind at a very, very young age, uh, but she came on and she went on to become an amazing leader. And she says this, and we need to remember this as we go through the day, keep your face to the sunshine and you cannot see the shadow. So remember that, keep your face to the sunshine, you cannot see the shadow. And our humor for today, are you ready for this, Steve? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there was this little girl, and she asked her mother how the human race got started. And the mother explained how God had made Adam and Eve, and they had children, and on and on. And here we are today. A few days later, she asked her father the same question. And he explained how many years ago there were monkeys, and little by little they became more like people, and now here we are. So confused, the little girl went back to her mother and said, Mom, you said God created people. And dad said we came from monkeys. How can that be? And she said, oh, honey, that's easy. I told you about my side of the family, and he told you about his. Yeah. <laughs> so much for good family relations. <laughs> I guess makes it really interesting at Thanksgiving dinner tables, that's for sure. So... So uh, that, just a little a little levity for the day. So as before we jump into these headlines, though, I uh, just wanted to mention Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth. Uh, you know, we've got Vino and Veritas, a Centennial uh, with um, 
Jen Hewlin over at Water's Edge Winery, and then down in Castle Rock at Colorado Cork and Keg, and that is Maria and Steve Martz, and we will be uh, hopefully targeting, we uh, hope to open Vino and Veritas Northern Colorado in May. If you are interested in these, we are doing a study of the Federalist Papers with Dr. Tom Cranowitter. Email me at americhicks.com forward slash americhicks.com forward slash vino and uh, let me know and we'll get you on the list on that and our presenting sponsor for vino and veritas in february down at in centennial was susan kochevar she is the owner of the 88 drive-in theater and uh, uh i'm not sure i well you know what the snow might might melt by this weekend steve so be sure and check out my website she has a complete landing page there uh the movies that she has on tap is uh let's see shazam which is a movie about a straight streetwise 14 year old foster kid who can turn into a superhero uh, captain marvel and isn't it romantic so for more information you go to my website she has a landing page there or 88drivein.net that is 88drivein.net and uh, one other thing you know we did this great book um uh, book offer with Laura Carno regarding her book, uh, Government Ruins Nearly Everything, and she talks about these social issues. Uh, the books were all spoken for. Be sure and uh, get your review in. I got mine on yesterday. I uh, got that on Amazon, and um, that's the only thing you have to do is just uh, make sure that you put a review in there. So where are you on the book, Steve? I know you got yours. I did some cooking yesterday, which required a lot of time kind of sitting around waiting. So I uh, got another couple chapters in. I'm probably... of the way through it. It's very thought-provoking, and uh, it's a pretty easy read, but she really brings some clarity and and makes you think about these issues of guns, abortion, marriage, and school. But the theme of the way government works or doesn't work, dysfunctional, uh, is incredibly strong. Yeah. And I I saw it in some of the prep that uh, Patty did today for us. uh, uh, A good idea, a good intention at the at the very beginning, and how quickly it can go awry. It can be morphed into, and you know, we we talked about vaccinations earlier this week. You know, I think it's a good idea to vaccinate our kids. I mean, the polio vaccine basically eradicated that disease, but then, as you've seen, that this has morphed into all kinds of things that um, maybe not have even been tested. We need to be able to to stop and 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 then when you start to have the word force mandatory, enforcement, all those things coming from from government, they're way out of their lane. That's not where they're supposed to be. So let's just run through uh, the headlines. You know, uh, thank you to Patty. Thank you for to producer Steve, Zach, and Keith uh, for the good work that you do. Uh, On the state level, she said a new report highlights the financial risks of this family leave bill. It was published by the Colorado Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Steve, it looks like there's there's really no way from a, a financial sustainability uh, standpoint to make this really happen. And uh, so there's a report out that, that talks about that. And after overhaul, the Colorado Democrats uh, continue uh, their ambitious family leave effort. Uh, number three, Colorado sex education bill may fall victim to lack of funding. They put a million dollars in there. This is going to be interesting to watch uh, because uh, they, they really were all in on this uh, 1032 house bill, 1032 so that will be interesting to watch. And then uh, Tabor, the Dems went to hamstring Tabor with zero guarantees of where the money goes. Tabor, the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, was passed, in, I think, in 1992. It's an amendment to the Colorado Constitution. There have been people on both sides of the aisle that have been trying to, uh, to uh, get rid of Tabor or do workarounds. And Tabor, it's important that... That everybody understand, Tabor, the Taxpayer's Bill of Rights, 
Basically, it's all about consent. It is just saying to government, if you want to raise our taxes or if you want to keep excess revenue above a very generous formula of population and plus inflation, then you just have to ask the people. But I think that they are concerned that the people will say no. And so you've seen all these kind of workarounds, it, it, and it talks about taxes, if you want to raise our taxes. So what they've done is, is they've actually you know, raised taxes, but they called it fees. That is so dishonest. It is so disingenuous. And it's, uh, it's important that we're, we understand that, that, uh, that they're trying to, to get rid of Tabor because they just want a blank check. And if that happens, the economic uh, success that we've had here in Colorado – uh, we're, I think we're really going to see uh, the skids put on that, Steve. You know, we, we talk about the fundamentals of government. What should government, what should government be doing versus what it should not be doing, and the infringement of bigger and bigger government that just you know goes into the tenets of the Constitution: life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Hey, it's tax season. I just saw it right up front, right you know, right at the end of my nose. The impact. Of, of our taxes you know, at the federal level in particular. So more and more government means more and more cost, you know, at, to the taxpayer. And again, the, the first thing that seems to get impacted is that pursuit of happiness, because when you're totally constrained in terms of supporting this government at any level, uh, you know, it, it's, it does not make for happy times. Well, and you know, uh, in essence, uh, there's, you can become a slave to this government. Let's just think about it. As more and more of your hard work, you have to give to the government. You are working for the government. The idea about America is that we should be able to have a limited government where we're able to keep uh, most of the fruits of our labor so that we can pursue our happiness. So that's one component of slavery where the fruits of your labor, your work, is taken from you by force. Now, the other component of slavery is being dependent being dependent on, uh, well, the plantation owner or, or in this case, government, where they're, the, and you're seeing that as well, all these government programs to try to make people dependent on, on government. And so that is why we need to understand. I'm not sure that many Coloradoans understand Tabor. It is one of the things that has really been uh, a good thing for our economy because it's kept government spending in check as uh, former Governor Hickenlooper is out there doing his presidential uh, bid or his run, and he touts the success of the economy in Colorado. He wants to take credit for it, but I think that you really need to understand that the, the one of the, the bedrocks of the success of Colorado's economy has been Tabor, the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights, and we need to protect it, and there is an all-out assault on that. Uh, we're going to go to break here in just a little bit. But let's talk about the national articles. Uh, the Dems uh, are raging against uh, Attorney General Barr for backing claims of Trump's campaign that, or that the Trump campaign was spied upon, and we're going to talk about that in the next segment. New York's temporary millionaire tax is extended for another five years. And this uh, temporary tax started in 2009. And it will now go until 2024. Uh, is, is that what you would call temporary, Steve? I don't think so. Now, again, reading into the, the, the prep that Patty does for us, there, so somebody made a comment. I have to go back and dig it out. It says, when will they figure this out in terms of when they institute something like this and it doesn't go away? 
And the comment was made, well, when they see all the U-Haul trailers going through the Lincoln Tunnel, you know, headed westbound to New Jersey, New York, mm-hmm. maybe they'll, they'll figure it out. People are just... Mm-hmm fed up and they're leaving. Well, and that's a nonpartisan thing. It's not just uh, uh, Republicans that are leaving uh, New York. You're also seeing uh, Democrats as well. It's a funny thing about people that like taxes. They don't like to pay taxes, but they like other people to pay taxes. Well, you brought that to to the conversation many times based on your experiences in, in, in local government. The attitude and the mindset is, well, that's not for us. That's for them. Right. And you can you can decide whether or not it's the choice of the vehicle that you drive or your mobility or I mean, it's across the spectrum uh, that uh, they want other people to pay the taxes or or, or take um, public transportation, uh, not them. And then Theresa May has agreed to an October Brexit. You know, that was supposed to occur. I think it was on March 29th. And this is the other thing about politicians and bureaucrats. If they don't get the answer they want, they continue to kick the can down the road in hopes that they'll start to convince people um, to, uh, you know, to, to support what they're trying to uh, get passed. And so she says she's agreed to an October Brexit. She's a globalist, and she's hoping that by, she's continued to try by, to, uh, trying to buy time. And um, um, they're warned that uh, Donald Trump said, you know, don't waste time on this. You know, you need to get this done. And then lastly, the first ever picture of the black hole was unveiled. Did you happen to see that, Steve? Because as I looked at it from far away, it looked like kind of a big smiley face. I thought it was hysterical. (laughs) No, I did not see that particular picture, no. Okay. And so using a telescope the size of the planet, astronomers have captured the first image of what they think is a black hole. So I find that very, very interesting. We're going to go to break before we do that, though. Uh, the, um, the the NHL, NHL playoffs started last night, uh, and, and the um, NBA playoffs start this weekend. Uh, tonight, the Avs will uh, start their playoff quest as they um, play the Calgary Flames. And Hooters Restaurants is my sports headquarters, and it's the place that you should watch all the games. Wednesday's Wing Day. It's all the wings you can eat for fourteen ninety nine, and these new smoked wings are delicious. They're uh, half the calories. And when the girls come over normally on Wednesday nights, I order them and have them delivered right to the front door. So you can have your Hooters wings delivered. You can actually uh, pick them up and take them home, or you can watch the game at Hooters. So if you want more information... Visit HootersColorado.com, that's HootersColorado.com, and let them know that you know the AmeriChicks, and we will be right back. All AmeriChicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best with well-priced, made-to-measure clothes that fit a busy lady's lifestyle. Gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Social media is important to the AmeriChicks, since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. 
Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect the issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. We need to be having conversations about what is going on out there. We've been very polite. People have said, don't talk about religion or politics. I want to say, what else is there if we don't talk about religion and politics? And so uh, let's get our brains around these issues and then engage in thoughtful, reasonable conversations because... um, we are in quite a time in America, and we're in quite a time here in Colorado uh, as well. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Attorney General uh, William Barr. Uh, yesterday, he he uh, was, um, let's see, I can't remember which committee it was, but he indicated that he thinks that possibly the Trump campaign was spied upon. Now, we know that President Trump uh, mentioned this a couple of years ago. And as we look at the players of, uh, of uh, James Comey, uh, John Brennan, and James Clapper. Uh, now, Comey was the head of the FBI. Uh, let's see, Clapper was the head of the uh, National Security Administration. And Brennan was the head of the CIA. Now, just so you remember, John Brennan, back in the 70s, voted for a communist for um, president, and he has uh, he's been sympathetic to non-American ideas. These are the three guys that were at the top of our intelligence community. And uh, then yesterday, let's hear that soundbite, Steve, of what uh, Attorney General Barr said. I think spying on a political campaign is a big deal. You're not suggesting, though, that spying occurred. I don't, uh, well, uh, I guess you could, I, I think there was a spying did occur. Yes, I think spying did occur. So when Barr was asked directly, did he have proof? On what basis was he making this accusation of spying? Here's what happened. I'm now asking what the basis is or what the facts are that lead you to that thought. Uh, okay, I, I felt I am concerned about it, and I was asked about whether there was any basis for it, and I believe there is a basis for my concern, but I'm not going to discuss the basis. Wow, Steve. There is some something there there. We are watching something absolutely amazing. If, in fact, this is the case, uh, and that, that they were spying based on this fake dossier, I mean, this could be bigger than Watergate. I, I have to grin here because, you know, you, you called earlier and say, see if we can get that soundbite. And unfortunately, the one I chose or the particular outlet was CNN. So that, that was courtesy of CNN. Now, I can't remember Aaron, uh, the lady who was sitting on the desk. Aaron, I can't think of her last name. She used to be with NBC. Uh, <laughs> the spin that she was putting on it, and again, that, that look on her face, uh, it, you could tell where she was trying to steer the viewers. But more uh, fun for me is looking at all the the Dems who are answering up to his, uh, you know, what he had to say when he was in front of the committee. And if you want to see, you know, proof to the adage where there's smoke, there's fire. Mm-hmm. 
all these Dems getting up and howling at Barr mm -hmm, for what he had mm -hmm. to say is like, well, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. um, I find it rather strange that all you, the big names, Pelosi, uh, Schumer, uh, Hoyer, uh, uh, you name it, they all you know, were rushing to some camera and right. microphone to say, oh, no, this is, you know, he's not working on the behalf uh, or the best interest of the Department of Justice. Right. But, uh, you know, I, I, th I really think, you know, ultimately, I think that the truth is going to come out. And uh, but but you're seeing all kinds of, um, as you mentioned, they all ran to the, the camera because what they're trying to do is they're trying to get the narrative. They're trying to get out in front of that for that busy person that isn't totally paying attention. You know, you've got CNN, you go to airports, that's, uh, you know, and you realize that CNN pays big money so that they're so that they have the feed into the, the televisions at many of these different uh, uh, airports. And so. They're just trying to get out in front of that, thinking that people are not going to pay attention and that they're just trying to confuse people, cloud the issue. But I really think that the truth is going to come out. And, and Barr, was he was talking about this, they know something. I mean, it's going to be so interesting to see what comes out on this. And I wanted to make a point. As many of you uh, know, we've had Cheryl Atkinson on a couple of times. She's a former CBS reporter. She uh, was all over the Benghazi story, uh, the um, uh, the gun running thing, um, Fast and Furious, I think it was, where the Obama administration had actually uh, gotten guns into the hands of um, drug dealers across the border, and one of the guns was actually then used to kill one of our border agents. She was on those stories, and Steve, if you remember, she uh, she realized that she was being spied on by the government. And she actually uh, uh, sued the government, and she just recently lost that case. And you have to understand that when you would sue the government, you have only a finite amount of resources for your legal bills. But the government has all this tax money, our tax money, that they can use to, um, you know, to protect themselves. And so she lost that case. But to the, the question of spying, she realized that actually – her computer was had been hacked and that they were spying on her. And one night, she was actually working on her computer and her cursor was moving without her uh, moving it. And I remember I asked her if, if she got was scared. I, I think that's pretty creepy. And she said, no, I, I, I really got mad. And so I asked her, I said, was this under James Comey FBI? And she said, actually, it was, not, it was before that. And I said, oh, really? She said, that was under Robert Mueller's FBI. And I had not actually realized that Robert Mueller, um, you know, had been the, the previous um, FBI director. I obviously wasn't paying attention. Of course, now he did the investigation that dragged on for over two years regarding trying to find collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russians we see that there is no uh, um, uh, collusion, and yet, and he was also the guy that was in charge of the FBI when they were when they were spying on this uh, this woman, this CBS reporter. So there is a big there there, and I think William Bar excuse me, William Barr knows that. Yeah, and the, you you just underlined that what we have already gone through was a two year process, and the only thing I you know I want the truth to come out. And, you know, I hope we can really get on this at, at a speed better than or a pace better than two years. I just hate to think of us being distracted again by some major investigation, some process that 
just a repeat of the last two years. I, I don't care who's investigating who. If we could just get over this and and just get back to running the government. Well, yeah. Well, running the government, let's get that government limited is what we uh, really need to do on that. But um, I think that there's a big there there. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens with this. And uh, you can see the uh, the leadership uh, that's being pushed. This leadership, I think that Pelosi, they're being pushed further and further to the left by all these um, progressive activists that have taken over uh, these radical progressive activists that have taken over the Democrat Party. So we are watching history uh, unfold right before our eyes. But let's, uh, we're going to go to break here in just a little bit. But before we do that, I had Jason McBride with Presidential Wealth Management on the show yesterday. And a lot of really, really good information regarding uh, uh, life insurance. Uh, I know that's, that can sound really boring. But Jason, I actually was talking to a friend of mine. She said, I learned so much from Jason McBride yesterday uh, regarding life insurance and how it could be a component of someone's investment portfolio. Well, uh, good. I'm glad that uh, at least one person thought it was good (laughs) and it was helpful. I know those are two words that uh, put people to sleep or make them run. You know, I heard... uh, uh, a joke one time that said, you know, you get people to not bother you when they sit next to you on the plane. No, what's that? When they ask, what do you do? Say, I sell life insurance <laughs> and watch how fast they don't want to talk to you for the rest of the trip. That That is funny. Well, it was actually, it was a very um, informative uh, conversation yesterday. So thanks so much. But before, uh, on the other day, before, um, I guess it was on Tuesday, one of our listeners reached out after they realized that you were going to be on the show, and he had a couple of questions, so let's try the first one. Uh, he asked, Bob asked, would there be any advantage to put the economy back on the gold standard? What do you think, Jason? Boy, I'll tell you, I think that one's above everybody's pay grade. Um, that's a tough question, Kim. I mean, one thing that would happen right away, and I don't mean to be... Uh, kind of out there, but the best analogy I could give is putting the economy back on the gold standard right now would be like taking a massive crack addict and telling them that they have to go cold turkey. Okay, so to do it immediately would be pretty tough, but it might be a a good goal, do you think, to try to get to that? I I don't know for sure. Uh, To be honest, Kim, uh, you know, it'd be really tough I think to go back on it when we've got $22 trillion worth of debt, and then, uh, you know, if every other country in the entire world is still on a fiat currency that's backed up by nothing, which that's the way every currency on the face of the planet is, by the way, none of, no currencies are backed up by gold or anything else. So that, that could make it kind of tough as well, because then other countries could, you know, print all kinds of money, mm-hmm. and then we wouldn't be able to. Um, you know, if we did, we're able to go back onto the gold standard. It would force the government uh, to have to be a little bit uh, more careful with the money, because, uh, again, they'd have to have gold to back up any dollar that they spent or tried to create um, you know, that would probably send uh, most of our current Congress members and politicians looking for other jobs. But uh, that might be one good thing about it. Well, that's for sure. And, the, you know, the other thing that you mentioned is this $22 trillion in debt. 
There's been right. a, a lot of things. I, I really like the fact that uh, President Trump has worked to reduce taxes and reduce regulations. Another leg on that stool, though, is we've got to get this spending under control. Uh, this is just, um, you know, to be borrowing from our kids' future like this, I think, is, is uh, it's almost immoral to have that kind of debt uh, that we think that we're going to pass on to our kids. Well, it is really hard, and I keep hoping maybe we'll find another planet that we can trade our goods with, and maybe we'll be able to, uh, you know, get the debt paid down. And I don't mean to be negative, Kim, but, geez, we can't even uh, have a year where we spend less than, uh, than we take in. How are we going to actually pay down $22 trillion in debt? I mean, quite frankly, I don't think we're ever actually going to pay that off. I don't know what's going to happen. At some point, something's going to happen. Uh, again, it's above my pay grade to tell you what that's going to look like or whether gold is going to, you know, save your life if that happens. Okay, well, thanks for biting this off. I know that that is a big question out there, and thanks for biting that off. And then uh, uh, we'll try to get to the second question tomorrow. How does that sound, Jason? That sounds fine, Kim. I appreciate you having uh, confidence that I could speak on a big subject like that. Well, it is a big subject. And so if you would like to talk to Jason McBride or the, the fine folks over at Presidential Wealth Management, uh, have them take a look at your nest egg, be sure and reach out to chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com, where the phone number is 303-694-1600, 303-694-1600. Jason, thanks so much. Uh, We will uh, talk to you tomorrow. All right. Have a good show, Kim. You betcha. We're going to go to break. When we come back, Jan Cook will be joining I mean, we're going to talk about two really, I think, bad boy bills that are coming through the the uh, state legislature right now. There's Senate Bill 235 and Senate Bill 232. Uh, you won't want to miss this. They're kind of under the radar. They seem kind of boring, but I see danger, danger with those. So this is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. We will be right back. Work with mortgage professionals who will give you quick and accurate financial advice. Home Mortgage Alliance has the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financial options available to you. The mortgage process can be stressful, and as interest rates rise, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure that you're making the right financial choice for you and your family. 303-888-2732. Kim and Mark will remain available to you 24-7 to help you through the process. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim and Mark with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-888-2732. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn about the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com. 
Sign up for my email newsletter. We send that out typically on Sundays, and we're going to have a big announcement this Sunday. So uh, be sure and sign up. That's americhicks.com forward slash Kim, and uh, we'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guests and uh, topics and important events. Um, thrilled to have on the studio, or um, not in the studio, on the line with me is Jan Cook. She's a conservative grassroots activist, and she's with Get Her Done Right Colorado on Facebook. And Jan Cook, welcome. How are you? Well, I'm well. Um, I didn't have to venture out like you did in this uh, snowy day, but hopefully the roads weren't too bad for you, Kim. <laughs> well, uh, they were interesting, and the traffic lights were really interesting today, too. <laughs> I, I walked in, I, I'm like, this is going to be a Monday, the way this this whole morning started, but I got here, and, and, we, and you made the right call to, to uh, join me by phone, that's for sure. Yes, thank you. Uh, you uh, are really watching what's going on down at the state legislature, and there's a bunch of bad stuff going on. Yeah, a lot uh, of overreach. Yeah. A lot of overreach. And, um, but wanted to talk about, if we, uh, hopefully we'll get to both of them, but this Senate Bill 19235, yeah. and once again for everybody, a Senate, if, it, if it originates in the House, it's a Senate bill, and SB, if it, or excuse me, if it originates in the Senate, it is an SB. If it originates mm-hmm. in the House, it's an HB. Then yes. it has the year, and then right. it has the number. So this is uh, Senate Bill 19235. 235. And before I um, launch into that, I just want people to know that I'm just a citizen like um, the rest of the folks that are out there, but I'm, I'm taking more of an active role and really researching um, these bills. And we're really looking at things where we feel that they're overreach or they're going to infringe on our citizen, our privacy, or local control in our counties, or perhaps it's promoting a special interest agenda, and it really doesn't solve a problem. And it's really not something that the citizens of Colorado have even thought to go after, but but the special interests are driving it through our capital. So I just want to make that quick point. And I have been a legislative aide, and I've worked at the Office of Economic Development, so that'll help your listeners know that I have experience in understanding the process and how this works, and so now I'm, I'm an advocate, if you will, uh, for citizens. And I'm not being paid, so <laughs> I'm doing this on my own time. So SB uh, 235, why this is a concern for many, uh, Kim, is that I've had Republican and conservative policymakers call me on this bill, as well as former legislators who are now also watchdogs. And they're very concerned about this bill, mainly, Kim, because of the privacy issues. What basically is going to happen is if this bill became a law, is the state is actually forcing voter registration. And what I mean by that is that they're going to take, they're going to have the records from the uh, motor vehicle, which is already happening, but you can opt in at the motor vehicle. This would be the opposite. Motor vehicle would send data uh, to the uh, clerk and recorders. It'll also be coming from health and policy and finance, Medicaid recipients, people who have signed up for, for Medicaid. All of those files will be transferred. The, count, the clerks and recorders staff will review it and make sure that they've got all the data they need in order to create a registration for that individual. And then the the individual will receive a a notice, I believe in the mail, that uh, within 20 days they can either say they're a Democrat, 
say, sign up to be a Republican, or they can remain unaffiliated. If they do not get that information back within 20 days, they will be automatically registered and they will be unaffiliated. Okay, and let me just back up just a little bit. The the name of this bill, it says it's a bill concerning the transfer of electronic records by voter registration agencies in order to register voters. And so as you mentioned, when people go in and they, to get uh, their driver's license, mm-hmm. renew their driver's license or get a new one, renewal or correction, or to get an identification card, then all that information, it goes to the Department of Revenue, then the, transfers that to the Secretary of State, right. and then they disseminate that out to all of the uh, county clerks. That's and, right. But, but here's the thing. They do, do, they do offer the ability for you, the citizen, when you're getting your driver's license currently, to also uh, sign up and register to become a registered voter. Right. So that's that. But, but you, the citizen, are choosing to do that. This is usurping that citizenry control, that they are deciding to do it, that they want to do it. And the state now, I'm calling it forced, because they are forcing it, they are controlling it, and they are setting you up. And, and the best analogy I have for this is just let's say the private sector got your records and information, and they decided to sign you up for various programs. So they, they decide to sign you up for a new credit card, and uh, you don't you don't see the notification for whatever reason goes into your junk mailbox and you're automatically signed up mm-hmm. or Amazon signs you up for their prime program. And a year later you didn't see the card that you were being signed up and you get a hundred dollar charge for your prime uh, program. We would never accept nobody in government. I know would accept a private entity signing you up for things unbeknownst to you, not making that, that uh, decision to do so. And yet, the state of Colorado, through a group um, uh, called America Votes, who's behind these bills and promoting these bills, um, and if your um, listeners just Internet search them, America Votes, you can go to uh, influencewatch.org, and when you read what they're all about, they have a specific... ideological agenda, and it's very spelled out in who the players are. George Soros and Michael Bloomberg, those two lovely twins, are uh, always uh, trying to infringe on our rights, are two funders of the organization. Uh, I don't know if Pat Stryker still sits on the board, but at the time that this collection of data on them was, was set up, um, the, one of the people that sat on the commission, the Secretary of State's commission, is somebody from um, a guy by the name of uh, Jason Syme, S-I-M-E, who works for uh, America Votes. So, so on the front end, when we look at these infringements of, of the data that's being collected and then we're being opt-in and then we have to decide or, or see the information that we're going to opt out, on the back end is a special interest agenda that is very troubling. You know, okay, and one thing we haven't mentioned, we've just talked about the driver's uh, license side. 
But yeah. if you sign up for Medicaid, yeah. you will be automatically um, registered sure. to vote as well. Now, and so, Jan, I just this question just popped in. I haven't researched it out. Do you know what kind of proof of citizenship that you have to provide to Medicaid to sign up for Medicaid? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, but some of the things that the clerk and recorders that I've talked to that are very, very concerned about this when you're not opting in, there are, um, if you sign up for a program and there are spousal issues or you have a protection order, there's various things that individuals are dealing with in their lives that, that are unintended consequences that if all of a sudden that information is sent to an address that is no longer valid because a lot of times the people there, they're saying in Medicaid and some of these other health programs um, aren't often in the same location for, for long, long periods mm-hmm, of time. Mm-hmm. They might be there for six months, seven months, whatever. And um, an abuser or someone that they have a restraining order against could receive this information that's coming in the mail, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that that could potentially alert them to where that individual is. So there, there's just um, there's a lot of privacy issues that we must, as citizens, be concerned with here. Well, and you know, you're you're looking at that on the real individual level, and and how this could be this data collection could be so dangerous for individuals. And, and your point that government would automatically sign you up for something. You know, that is troubling. Now, the right to vote, you know, that is something that is sacred. That is something that is so important to Americans. And, uh, and, and the motor voter registration, that really came from the Cloward and Piven. You know, the two Columbia professors uh, were friends of uh, Bill and Hillary Clinton. That was uh, something that Bill really, you know, worked on. Is, and, and so it, it makes people lazy. If you just are automatically registered to vote or if you can just register to vote when you go get your, your driver's license, but you, you don't take the time to know the candidates, you don't take the time to understand what the issues are, but you vote because you think somebody is funny or pretty or, you know, you know whatever the reason is, is you, you, you think that they care about you, uh, that, that is how we got to where we are in Colorado right now. Now, I, and you're, you're looking at the individual, and I looked at this really as the long ball game yeah. as I read this. And um, what we've had going on in Colorado, and you mentioned Pat Stryker, uh, I think Polis was part of the, the four on the blueprint of taking Colorado, which had this great Western individualistic Western spirit of what is Colorado, which I think we still in our minds think that's what Colorado is. But instead, we have what's going on now down at the state house, and that is, um, and they're playing long ball on all this stuff regarding, um, you they know, are. into and the future. Yeah, and there's something else that bothers me. I actually listen to the uh, live. You can listen live at uh, leg.colorado.gov to any committee, anything at all, floor, house, uh, senate proceedings you can listen online and i encourage your listeners to do so i listened to it, this bill was a uh, uh, sb19-235 it's uh, called um it's the official name i keep calling it is um forced voter registration but they have a, an, another clever name uh but they had a hearing and they had the various supporters talking yesterday but here's the rub 
some of the supporters are actually on the commission, on the Colorado Voter Access and Moderate Elections Commission through the Secretary of State. Do you know that no one mentioned, not a legislator asked or said that they were a part of the commission? They treated them as if they were just off-the-street supporters <laughs> of the bill. Wow. And had I not looked up this body, this commission, I never would have realized that the people that were speaking weren't just normal people off the street. They had an agenda. They've been working on this for however long this commission has been in play. And they did not but, disclose that. You had to figure that out. They did not disclose that. I had to figure that out myself. And that, to me, is a problem. I have been listening to these various um, hearings in these various committees, and one thing I have become very clear on, Kim, is that the level of disclosure is not there. It, the tr- it is not open, it is not transparent, and the average citizen listening in is not aware of the number of special interests. Anybody that's sitting on a commission that's through the Secretary of State would you not agree that that should be disclosed? I totally agree. Jan, let's go to break. Uh, we got to continue this conversation. I don't think we're going to get to 232 because there's more I want to talk about regarding okay. this uh, forced uh, uh, voter registration. So this is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. I'm talking with Jan Cook. She is a, a regular citizen. She is an act- activist, a grassroots activist who cares deeply about our state. You can find her on Get Her Done Right Colorado on Facebook. Um, and we'll be right back. We're going through this uh, Senate bill. 235, the forced voter registration. We'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. As a Colorado representative to the National Board of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. I do love Frank Sinatra. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. Uh, dissecting issues is right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Offering you a conservatarian perspective. Be sure and sign up for my uh, email newsletters at americhicks.com forward slash Kim. Have on this the line with me Jan Cook. Jan, this is going way too quickly, but this is so important. We are talking about uh, Senate Bill 235. I think it was introduced last Thursday. And there's two things here that, uh, as you mentioned, this automatically, automatically registers people. <clears throat> if they uh, get a new driver's license, they make a correction or uh, just their renewal. And it automatically registers anybody that signs up for Medicaid. Okay, automatically. Okay. and yeah, Well, automatically meaning the back end, it's a back door. So in the back door is your information is being transferred from one department to another, the county clerks and recorders. They're verifying the information. Then they set up the, the registration, the voter registration. Then they do send a notice. And that within 20 days, if you don't say, okay, this is okay, uh, I want to be a Democrat, a Republican, and unaffiliated, or 
you don't respond and you will be marked as an unaffiliated and you will be registered. Right. Okay. And so it in that information, it goes from the Department of Revenue, then it goes mm-hmm. to the Secretary of State, mm-hmm. then the Secretary of State disseminates it out to all of the different um, uh, clerk and recorders, to all the different counties. Now, that's going to be a big financial and manpower job for each of the county clerks to go through and do all of this. Absolutely. There was a fiscal note. There was somebody, I believe it was out of El Paso, uh, that did some preliminary work. And I and there, and it came out, uh, Vicki Marble, uh, Senator Vicki Marble, brought it up at the very tail end of the hearing yesterday. And there was something about a million dollars there in that one county. I don't know all the details yet. But I will tell you some of the clerk, uh, clerk and recorders I've talked to said they will absolutely have to increase staff, and they, it, this will add cost. So what I try to say is we have, are you, you're aware, Kim, we have one of the absolute highest voter participation. I think we're number two in the nation. So what this is, this is a bill that is not trying to solve a problem. As a matter of fact, it's going to cost us more when we don't have an issue with our voting. It, we, we're, we are an engaged electorate in the state of Colorado. Well, there's two things. As you know, in Colorado, uh, they are registering 16-year-olds to vote the minute they turn 18. So when these 16-year-olds get their driver's license, then, and then instead of them having, having to register to vote or saying, yes, I want to be registered to vote, they're going to be automatically registered, and they're going to get that ballot immediately. The other mm-hmm. thing, though, is, uh, you know, we know there's, so, there, there's a lot of fraud in Medicaid, right? I mean, yeah. we know there's a lot of fraud. And so automatically uh, registering people to vote that are, are uh, signing up for Medicaid, I mean, that opens up a big, big possibility for fraud. But I, this, I think, is really, really important. And that is, this is on the second page, Jan, I'm sure you saw this. Mm-hmm. This says, unless a person knows they are in, eligible to vote. That's right. Okay. Intentionally takes voluntary action to become registered. Right there. Okay, so somebody knows they're ineligible. Mm-hmm. Um, but they may not say, they, they may not want to say I'm ineligible to vote. That's correct. But they are not voluntarily taking action to become registered because right. the state is forcing, is already doing that. So and there that, it, is that caveat is, right there. That, and that, again, it's unbeknownst to the individual. And then the individual may not, probably would never even attempt to do that, Right. But the state is putting them in a precarious situation, so that's why I think that the state is also saying they're not going to penalize them, right, because they're already putting them in. A... Here's another interesting thing that was said, um, the, the Fenberg, Senator Fenberg out of Boulder, what he keeps alluding to is that this is going to clean up our lists. Oh, my gosh. What, what do you mean this is and, – and they try to talk about the efficiencies this is going to create. Really? Wait a minute. You are arbitrarily transmitting people's data and information. These are potentially new people, uh, potentially former uh, registrants, who knows. You're cleaning up the list, and that's going to be your saving grace of why we're doing this. It's just ridiculous to even state that. 
um, people who are, in, you know, how many people are you really going to capture and clean up the list and make it accurate? I mean, that, that is just chasing, you know, candy wrappers in a, in a parking lot. It's silly. And uh, so these are some of the things they're touting. They're touting that every vote matters, as they always do. And, of course, every vote matters. But every citizen who opts to vote should matter. Well, and a couple of other things, though. And this is on page three. And it says, The Secretary of State shall provide the information to the county clerk and recorder of the county in which the person resides. Upon receipt of a record, the county clerk and recorder shall determine if the record is complete for the purposes of voter registration. Now, just think about the manpower and all that, okay? Yeah, exactly. Okay, if the record is not complete, the county clerk and recorder shall send to the person's address of record. Again, and you're talking about the, many of these people are transient. and mm-hmm. yeah, Okay. Um, by forward, affordable mail, uh, notice that the person has not been registered or pre-registered to vote and stating the additional information required to register or pre-register. If the person provides the additional information, the person is registered or pre-registered to vote, effective as the date of the person's application with the Department of Revenue. If the person does not provide the additional information necessary to make his or her application complete and accurate within 24 months after the note, (laughs) two years after notification is mailed pursuant to the subsection, the person's registration is canceled. Two years. Two years. I want you to think about how ridiculous that one is. One... You have 20 days to say, to check off whether you're Democrat, Republican, or unaffiliated. Otherwise, you're unaffiliated. But you have two years before (laughs) an inaccurate data is canceled. And if they find out, we're just about out of time, Jim. But from what I read here is if somebody votes and then they figure out that they were ineligible to vote, Mm -hmm. their vote counts in the elections that they voted in. It would just be not, not moving forward would they mm-hmm. get to vote. So what you see here, my friends, is, is, this, yes. is this is playing long ball yes. to make sure that uh, the radical progressive activists that have taken over um, politics here in Colorado, that they will be in power forever. That's exactly what this is about. And I find it interesting, Kim. As a legislature, legislator sitting in these committee meetings, I don't know. If I were a legislator, I'd have to call it out for what it is. Uh, maybe there's some sort of protocol there that they just don't feel comfortable doing it. Well, but this is exactly what's going on. It is playing long ball. Jan, we are out of ta- uh, time right now, but let's get you back. Uh, we got to talk about 232 as well. So Jan Cook, uh, grassroots activist, thank you so much. Thanks, Kim. Have a great day. Okay. Our quote for today is Thomas Sowell, the great economist. He said, if you have always believed that everyone should play by the same rules and be judged by the same standards, that would have gotten you labeled a radical 60 years ago, a liberal 30 years ago, and a racist today. And he just happens to be black. So I think it's important to, to realize that. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music. Communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America. I don't want to cry, but tell them-